You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Put your pencils down, because it's time for the Star Seminar. And now, here are your hosts, Rabble Rouser and Danny Fenton. Okay, gather round, boys and girls. You know what time of year it is. Yes, it's the start of another impactful semester. It's finally here. The NFL season is upon us, and we're here to bring it all to you in this team talk course called the star seminar i am joined as always by my illustrious co-teacher dr J- daniel j phantom and i yours truly am dr rabble rouser dr phantom how are you today uh, i'm doing okay although jay is is not my middle initial but you know i'll i'll, I'll go with it uh I, I have to say um i'm a little disappointed uh because i am fixing i think i've told you before but i'm gonna do some have some dental work done and as a result of this it's gonna have to change um my food selection so tonight this day the day that we are recording is the last supper for me and as far as what i can and i have i've been spending the last few weeks i mean last week i was telling you about how i was making my peanut butter Sand, peanut butter and jelly sand. I can't even eat peanut butter for, for I don't know how a couple of years now. So it's like there's just some some things I'm going to have to just do without. So we got a nice little pizza dinner planned for this evening. Uh, but it's a sad time for me because I'm just going to have to be you know go without certain foods for a long time. So I'm just a little bit sad in in that regard. I mean, go wait. Go, how long? How long is this long time? Couple years couple of years while you because you're having dental work yeah i'm, I'm getting braces oh got you got you got you okay well that's that's cool um wow okay so yeah i mean and of course you those you know when you have those wires in there you they're sensitive to certain things that you like i can't mm-hmm. chew gum i can't have get stuff like it's not gonna mess it up so um you know it's gonna be a lifestyle change so i just uh it's gonna be I'm going to have to do without eating some of my Yeah, you got to watch those sticky carbohydrates. Absolutely. You don't want to have like a nice little asparagus roll around there and yank Mm -hmm. the stuff out. Because I'll tell you what, I don't, and as much as I hate going to get haircuts, I also do not like having to go to the dentist more frequently Mm -hmm. than I need to. So let's, I'm going to, I'm definitely going to comply, but it's going to mean I'm going to miss out. And it's, you know, that part is, is no fun. I mean, could, could you Rabs, can you think of like the favorite, your favorite thing that you love to eat? Could you go two years without it? I could yes, I could go two years without like my favorite thing to eat. That 
I think that would not be a challenge because I like lots of different things. So, so if, let's say like one of my favorite foods is I, brownies. I love brownies, right? I just, I love a brownie. I think it's the perfect combination of like a little bit of a crusty outside, sort of gooey inside, it's chocolate. There's nothing. And sometimes you get like chunks of something in it. What's not to love? Mm-hmm. I could go two years without a brownie, no problem. But that's because I would be eating other things that were brownie adjacent. So yeah. if you're telling me you're missing a whole category, that's a whole different conversation. Like if you're saying I can't have any sticky foods for two years, then 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 then, then I mean there's some serious like reexamination of lifestyle choices that have to happen because that would be terrible. So mm-hmm. I think an individual food, no problem. I go with that. There's not there's no one individual food that I couldn't do that for a year. Yeah. There are certain categories, however without which I would be utterly bereft and it would be a constant battle. Yeah. I'm, I don't know if I'm going to be bereft or not, or if you know what I'm facing, but I know there's, there's a handful of things that I, I truly enjoy and I'm just going to have to go basically cold Turkey or my, I don't know if I can eat Turkey. Maybe that's not even a choice, but I'm going to have to do without. So I'm not looking forward to it, but I am looking forward to what's going on today. Rabs, what do we got going on today? Well, in case you hadn't heard, there's going to be a Cowboys football game this weekend for what? the first time in what? way too long. Yes. So we are going to roll up our sleeves and prep for that game by asking each other some sort of yes or no or fill in the blank type questions. So each of us has prepared a handful of questions about the team, about the season, uh, and uh, about certain players. Um, so as, as a way to kind of like get into the season. But before we do that, um, here we are again, once again, with a season opener against the division rival, New York Giants. Yes, so this, yes. the, the, the Cowboys and Giants have met already 10 different times in the opening week of the season. So they met in 1965. In 66, and then didn't meet again for 20 years. They met in 86. They met again in 95. They met again in 2007. And then the powers that be at the NFL offices decided, oh, how great it would be to kick off the season with a big market team and the most popular sports franchise the world has ever seen. And they've started to kick off uh, the season with Cowboys Giants Mm -hmm. almost every year. And we and we're well aware of it. 2012, 2013, 2015, 2016, 2017. Hey, a much needed hiatus, and then now this one. So there's been a lot. Of, there's been a lot of them. The, the great news is the Cowboys have won every single one of them except one, and that was Dak's very first game. If you remember, that was the that was the game where Terrence oh, yeah. Williams failed to get out of bounds. I don't know that it would have made a difference, but it would have given them at least a prayer of yes. a long field goal to win the game. They lost to the Giants by a single point, 20 to 19. There have been many other games. I'm not going to go through the scores. Almost all of them have been Cowboys routes. Mm-hmm couple of closies so uh with this list in front of us i would love for for you to tell me of those games especially the ones in in your memory which one stands out which one was really like important or cool or or a favorite because you know here we are let's let's kick off the season with an another awesome opportunity to add something to our list yeah no i mean there's such a great list to choose from too i mean if you look at these games and uh you know it's kind of weird to even go back and think of how many you know exciting game openers the cowboys and and giants have has have had um you know there's been a couple that have been like some back and forth that i've really enjoyed um you know some honorable mentions for me is like a monday night thriller in the mid 80s 
you know, that was a, a fun game. And the Cowboys came back and won that one. Um, that was exciting. They also had a couple with uh, more recent, you know, with uh, the last second touchdown passes to, you know, to Witten and, you know, come back. So I, th those things are certainly exciting. But if I had to pick an absolute favorite, um, it's it's going to take me back to 1995. Uh, the Cowboy fans know that year all too well because it's the last year they won a Super Bowl. But not only did they win a Super Bowl that season, but they started off the season about as great as one could imagine. I mean, we're talking like the first time Emmett Smith carried the ball. He was off for 60 yards. And right away, the Cowboys jumped out to the Emmett had like four touchdowns in that game. If, mm -hmm. if, if you were playing fantasy back then, I don't know if they had it. Um, like Emmett had over 40 points fantasy with all, with all the scoring, all the yards. It was, it was just a big statement game for Emmett. But I mean, the whole team looked great. It was a 35 to nothing blowout. I think they honored Phil Sims at halftime. But so like, that was a great way to just basically, you know, poo poo all over that, but a great way to start the year. And then of course it ended in a Super Bowl uh, season. So, that is my pick, Rabs. Um, which one's your favorite? I, I I think the the ones you've pointed out are the ones that are my favorites as well. You know, so in that game you just referenced, uh, Giants got the ball first, didn't do much, punted. Cowboys got the ball around thirty-five or forty, and as you said, first play from scrimmage, they hand it up to Emmitt up the middle, boom, touchdown, and it just sort of announced to the NFL world, hey, we didn't win the Super Bowl last year, but we are back. Yes, right, and 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 they just annihilated the Giants. It was really, really beautiful to behold. I think in some ways, the game that made me the most excited was probably the 2015 game. Cause that was, you know, we, you and I have talked about this offline a little bit. I get most excited uh, for opening games the season after the Cowboys have had a really great season. Mm -hmm. And the 2014 team was the best one since the nineties for me. And um, I thought that team was, was, was marvelous and Romo was at the very peak of his powers. And so then they opened the season against the Giants and looked as flat as can be. But thanks to a couple of colossal screws by <laughs> Eli Manning yes. and some real heroic work uh, in the last minute and 20, which they wouldn't have had had not Eli Manning yep. screwed up. Uh, Romo led them to a stirring comeback. And I remember my wife had already gone to bed because it was, uh, it was a late, it was a Sunday night game, I believe. And my wife had gone to bed and I was alone in our house and, um, during that and trying to be quiet. And during that last drive, I was like getting so excited. I was jumping around, but totally silently. So the whole thing was like this pantomime of like <laughs> extreme fandom. <laughs> and so when, when, uh, Rome, Romo hit Witten and Witten like, you know, stepped into the, bounced off the, the, the linebacker and stepped into the end zone for what was clearly the winning score. I was like jumping up and down in the living room, trying not to make any noise at all. And it was, it was weird, but, but so joyous. It was great. So I think in terms of just pure happiness, it's that one, but in terms of like, What's up, league? It was in 1995. You definitely picked the, 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 the top two top two options. Speaking of top two options, listen, your top two options for talking about uh, Cowboys football are yours truly and, and Dr. Danny Phantom. And um, so we're going to ask each other some questions here as a way to get into this new Cowboys season. So this is our little season primer preview, right, to get the juices flowing, so to speak. Um, I will give you first serve, sir. Oh, actually, you know what? I'm going to take first serve. I'm going to give you home field advantage. 
but before we get into that, I'd like to actually talk for a moment, if you're if you'd be so uh, kind, to just to kind of review who's on the injury list right now yeah. and how worried we are about each of those cats. Because I'll be honest with you, that's the thing that's got me the most anxious about this game. So I'm just going to go on the list, and I want I want you to tell me how worried are you about this particular player playing? All right, Jor- Jordan Lewis, cornerback, foot injury. Full participation as of Wednesday and Thursday. Super excited. Wasn't expecting it, to be quite honest. I was thinking they may ease him in there, but now I feel really good about the Cowboys having basically one deep on the on the bench, regardless of who gets hurt. We're going to have a, a backup corner available. So happy, happy about that news, obviously. And you're feeling pretty confident he'll dress and play. I think so. I mean, I haven't heard. Have you heard anything to the contrary? No, I just wonder. I just wonder how they feel about him versus. I, I guess part of part of part of me wonders how they feel about him versus the, the Giants' offensive personnel and see whether if they think he can neutralize one of their running backs or do do something like that. Because I do feel like he's a sort of it, match. It's going to be tough, Rabs, because honestly, I mean, the, you look at the Giants and all the all the different pieces. The Cowboys too, all a bunch of different defensive pieces. I couldn't even begin to tell you how the Cowboys could approach it. So. Could maybe maybe not. I mean, maybe he's he's there. Maybe he's not. I mean, if he is, he he's like I said, he's the the CB number four. Um, yeah. But I mean, they the Cowboys have so many defensive back options there. So I mean, we may see very little of Jordan Lewis, if any. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the one I think that's got us all crossing our fingers and and you know tightly and and closing our eyes tightly is um, Tyler Smith. He's got a hammy. Uh, didn't practice either day. Came out. Uh, during the press conference today that uh, Saturday is really going to be the determining factor. If he's able to practice sat, uh, Saturday before they before they head out, then he'll probably play on Sunday. What are your thoughts about Tyler Smith? What's your level of anxiety? You know, it it's not high now, but, you know, when you're talking about um, a hamstring issue and stuff, I mean, I, mean, no, he, I know he's not like a, a skilled player where he's going to have to explode off of everything. So it's, I know that he'll – you know, he should be able to go, be able to go. But at the same time, I worry about his, A, his overall effectiveness, because I like, you know, the Giants have some some monsters in the in the middle there. And also just, is this something that's going to kind of hamper him as the season progresses or he re-aggravates or something? So there's a little worry that's maybe future worry. I, I'm not like, I feel like he'll make, he'll be suiting up on Sunday, but I'm uh, so my worry is just kind of like I'm st- I'm unsure exactly how mm-hmm. how worried I am. And how about his line mate Tyron Smith, who's sort of unexpectedly shown up on the injury report last couple of days with an ankle deal. He didn't uh, participate on on Wednesday and then was limited on Thursday. Yeah, I mean we're always worried about Tyron Smith, and of course you know it's it's never good when he's dealing with something before the season even begins. But I mean we're talking about it an ankle it's, I don't think that it's anything too serious. Um, so, I mean, my worry level for Tyron is the same as it always is. Nothing's really changed for that, but I will say this seeing that the left side already nicked up and, you know, if you, if, if the Cowboys were to ever have to go in with, I just, I don't feel really good about where they're at depth wise right now. So it, it, it could bring some, that season one anxiety if you start to see multiple backups mm-hmm. come in to have to to come in and play so i mean that's that's where i'm at there yeah i i this is not 
not a, a, a happy harbinger of, of potentially things to come. Um, the last two guys, I'm just going to kind of lump them in. We've got Sam Williams, the defensive end, uh, who's got a, a, a turf toe deal, and Donovan Wilson, who I think hurt his calf like the first yeah. first training camp practice. Right away, yeah. Back. Um, neither uh, – actually, Dono hasn't practiced either day. Sam Williams had a limited participation on Thursday. Uh, do you think either of those guys is going to suit up and play on on Sunday? I would expect Sam Williams to. I mean, I'm I'm not thinking I'm anything with him that would would cause him not to. Donovan, I, I really just hope they just take their time with him. I'm not I'm not worried. I you know I think I think he'll be fine when he's ready. He's ready, and I'm not worried because the Cowboys have such incredible safety depth that it's like if if they're gonna you know be without somebody at a position that's that's the spot to go. So not not worried at all there. Okay. But I'll tell you what, speaking of worried, I, I have a question to throw back at you. Um, okay. What, on injuries aside, what are you most worried about in this Giants game? Let, let's say the Cowboys lose the game. Tell me why. I think it's because their offensive line is not going to be able to handle the Giants defensive line. The Giants defensive line is really good. They have probably the most athletic and powerful, the sort of combination of both a defensive tackles, a pair of defensive tackles uh, in the division and maybe in, in the league. And they have a couple of really good defensive ends. The Cowboys have, have, you know, in recent years struggled with each of those guys at some point. And the offensive line has not played together. They just simply haven't played right. together. Like, you know, and, and for, we know that, that's the position above all others where continuity is king mm-hmm. and they have no continuity. And so I'm, I'm concerned about the giants ability to wreck the Cowboys offensive plans because they can't block. It's not that they can't block anybody. It's just, they can't block all of the guys consistently. There's always going to be one guy who, you know, who, who, who disrupts a play, you know, Thibodeau beats, beats Tyron Smith and, hurries a hurries a pass i'm not you know i just feel like this is one of those things where the offensive line needs to all be on the same page and at the peak of health and really working well together in concert and i don't think they're going to have that and so i'm concerned that it's going to disrupt the entire uh, the entire operation yeah no and the cowboys cowboys notoriously come out in week one flat and particularly on offense it's it's not something that you know that we'd be seeing for the first time Right, the only three points last last year. You're, I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, come out, you know, a little bit rusty is definitely what, what I think would be my answer for this. And you know, as you mentioned too, the Cowboys just they don't play their starters in the preseason. I mean, I feel like each each year it's less and less starters that that play, and so I totally expect them to have some, you know, acclimation sort of like these guys don't play to not, and it doesn't just. Um, it's not just limited mm-hmm. to the offensive line too, with defense as well. You know, the Giants, they're going to be throwing a lot of different things at you too. If there's, if there's things that, you know, players not, not used to playing with each other. I, I do expect to see some growing pains in a week one. It, I, the first half of football, I don't expect my mood to be very good. I'll just say that right now. Just that's, that's already what I'm expecting. Um, I feel like if the Cowboys go 0-4 on the opener in the McCarthy era, it's going to be because they just, you know, they were rusty. They just came out flat. They just didn't have it. It's not just like we were telling people last year when it happened. It's nothing. The sky isn't falling or anything. It's, we don't definitely don't want to overreact to it. But it, it's something that it's part of the range of out, outcomes. So 
uh, you know, it's, you know, we, we have to at least have that in the back of our mind. And the first month is the preseason. And right. so this yep. is really preseason game one for all intents and purposes. Uh, you know, for those of us who grew up watching football in the 70s and 80s where the starters would play for the preseason, this is pre- this is preseason game one. So that's that's how out of sync they're going to be. Right. And, and, and it's not going to be pretty. Um, and listen, if they come out sharp, then <laughs> the league needs to watch out because they're going to get better mm-hmm. uh, over the first month of the season. Um so speaking of the season, let's get to some predictions for the season uh, in general. Um, so what we're going to do is uh, Dr. Dan and I have a Dallas Cowboys 2023 seasonal forecast pretest here. Um, before the season begins, we want to ask some questions about the upcoming season. We've arranged them in you know, a variety of formats, as any exam should be, right? So it's not, they're not all the same Um the same kind of question. We have some true-false. We have some either-or. We have some multiple-choice, and even a fill-in-the-blank. So uh, I'm going to take for the first the first uh, stab at this. I'd love to hear from you, and then you can and then you can ask me a question. So um, here's my question for you: This team will join the mid '70s Steelers in leading leading the league in turnovers for a third consecutive season. True or false? So, I mean, I love this defense, and we sat here last year and, you know, was trying to say how it's not going to happen again. You know, it's just, you know, regression to the mean is a real thing, and of course, that is a true statement. But look, look what happened. So, uh, I honestly think this Cowboys defense is going to be better, better than what we've seen before. However, does that mean that they were going to be able to pull this off, you know, with takeaways three years in a row. I mean, the numbers say not so, not so likely. But I'm also going to cheat off of my good buddy Rab's test, and an answer I saw earlier, and and the reasoning for is because the Cowboys they're going to face some 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 good quarter. The, the level of quarterback play is going to be higher this season mm-hmm. than what they have seen previously in you know last year, and I feel like. Those things, those things do matter. Those things are, are huge, and because of that, I don't. I think it's going to be extremely hard for them to rack up the turnovers. Now, if they if they end up seventh or whatever, and their defense is still super strong, you know, and they're giving up a little more points because of some game scripts, it's nothing that's going to make me think this 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 unit is any any less talented by any means. But as far as turnovers, takeaways, I'm going to say false. Sorry, Steelers, you can keep that. You know, keep that record to yourself. I agree. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Um, switching over to the other side of the ball, you know, the defense is phenomenal, but I, I feel like one of the biggest thing influencers for this football team is the you know the guy throwing the ball on the other side. So I my first mm-hmm. question for you, Rabs, is what is the more likely outcome for Dak Prescott? Will he have a season where that propels him into MVP consideration, or will he not and kind of fall into another Pro Bowl snub caliber type season? You act as if those are mutually exclusive for Dak Prescott. Um, I think he could have an MVP, MVP season and still get a Pro Bowl snub because of the way he's treated by the national media. I, I think the likelihood is that he'll he can have a good season and still get a Pro Bowl snub. I think that I think that that's entirely possible. Um, I, I expect him. I tell you one thing. I expect him not to have the number of interceptions he had last year. Right. So yeah, people. Are, he's going to shut people up. They're going. He's going to be protecting the ball a lot better he's going to be throwing to receivers i think the offense is going to be crisper and faster um mvp though that's hard because you know typically that's that's a that's a kind of lifetime achievement award type of thing you know what i mean like you get the mvp because you've had several good years and and people have been spending the entire off season talking him down if he does that would be amazing but i have a hard time imagining so i'm going to say pro bowl snub Ooh. okay i mean my question for you then is one of the reasons he might, you know, not make the Pro Bowl is because he's lost a couple of his favorite weapons, and one of which is uh, one of whom, of course, is his best friend, uh, who was a quote-unquote weapon. And then the other is a legitimate weapon in Dalton Schultz. So, uh, true or false, Cowboys in 2023 are going to miss Dalton Schultz. That is an easy one for me, and that is a big old false. I, um, I am a Schultz guy. You know, I like Schultz. I mean, he hasn't blocked me on Twitter. That's how much I like him. Uh, so, I, um, I mean, I have only good things to say about Dalton Schultz, except, except this thing. He's not any athletic specimen by any means. He's not this big type of offensive game changer. He's just a guy that does what he's supposed to do, and he does it very well. And honestly, I feel like the Cowboys have a couple of those guys. Also, you know, still on the roster, and I think that what we what we saw from Ferguson gives me really good feeling about what we can see from year two Ferguson. But the other one too is, I really think that by the end of the season, you uh, the rookie, the the second second round draft investment the team made is going to look equally, if not better, than Ferguson mm-hmm. because unlike Schultz and Ferguson. Schoonmaker is an athletic specimen. And, I mean, he can he can be a difference maker. And of course, this is a rookie season. But I think when you combine that the the way he played, not he's a very efficient blocker, and he also goes to his spots and does the things that he's supposed to do very well. But you just bring that extra level of athleticism on, on top of it. I don't think we're gonna. I think it's gonna take two players to to you know supplement it. But I, I think that they won't miss him at all. In fact. I'm kind of curious to see, you know, what how things work out for Mr. Schultze in Houston because I, I feel like it's a different story when Prescott's not your quarterback and some teams will kind of like Alvin Harper when he left. You'll get a rude awakening when you're in a different situation. Or Leron Robinson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who? <laughs> 
No. Um, yeah, absolutely. Great. No, good question, and that that's that's where I'm planting my flag. I, I feel I feel good about the those duo the duo of, of tight ends they got, young guys. Um, speaking, of, let's go from young guys to older guys here. I want to ask you, Rabs, which of these? This is a either or. Uh, okay. So circle the answer that you think is best. Um, <laughs> which of these players do you think is the the most impactful trade? Is it going to be Stephon Gilmore, the cornerback the Cowboys got from from Indy, or um, or Brandon Cooks, the wide receiver they got from the before mentioned Houston team? Oh, this is a tough one because both of these guys are. are have the potential to open up everything else for everybody else, right? Both of them uh, have the ability to cause a kind of ripple effect that allows everybody else to play better. Mm -hmm. And ultimately I'm going to settle on Stefan Gilmore because I think the unit that he's going to allow to play better or the unit that is involved in what he does is a better unit than the one that's involved uh, in, with Brandon Cooks, and I'll explain that. So, Stephon Gilmore plays better. That's going to buy just a little bit of extra time for that that pass rush, which mm-hmm. I think is I think we've agreed is the best unit the Cowboys have. It's the thing that this team does best, and it's where their best player sets up shop, mm-hmm. right? And so, what he's going to do is he's he's actually going to help the very best unit on the team do its thing more often, right? So I think that that impact is going to be greater than the impact that Brandon Cooks can have because his impact is dependent upon, I think, the the unit that we go into the season with the most questions about, and that's the Cowboys' offensive line. Yeah. The offensive line can't block anybody. The things that Brandon Cooks can do aren't going to matter. And so th- this is the team sport. Stephon Gilmore, he's position dependent on the best unit. Steph- uh, Brandon Cooks is, is the position dependent on the, the unit with the most questions. Yeah, you know, I, to be honest, Rabs, when you, I wasn't overly impressed with your answer, but boy, did you do a great job of showing your work because no, that explanation is is great. And I would have said Brandon Cooks. I'm excited for Brandon Cooks. You know, I think that I, I feel like he's going to bring a little bit more obviously than what we had last year. But I, I really think that maybe some people just forget how good he he still is. So. I'm super excited about him, but I think what you said makes perfect sense. And, uh, you know, but you know what? We don't have to choose because the Cowboys have them both. We might have to choose, but you're going to have to, my friend, because I've got a multiple choice for you. All right. So here's my question for you. The biggest difference in the Cowboys offense from the 2022 edition will be, I've got actually four options. One, there's going to be more team speed. Mm -hmm. Two, Greater success on first downs. Three, more explosive plays. And by explosive plays, I'm talking about runs of more than 10 yards or 20-plus yard passes. Or four, the inability to run in short yardage situations. What's going to be the biggest difference from last year's edition? You know what? I don't know if this is the correct answer, but I am definitely circling this and several times because I just want it to be right. And I'm, I am just such a sucker for explosive plays. I mean, I, I love a well-executed drive. Don't get me wrong. But I mean, when you have to rely on more things going right in those scenarios, I mean, it's just, it's harder to sustain and, you know, but explosive plays, you know, that's like a cheat code. And, and I feel like the Cowboys 
they got some works, you know, some explosive playmakers. I think obviously we talked about Brandon Cooks already, um, but I, I also feel like you know with. I'm real curious to see Tony Pollard and how he's utilized because I don't think it's going to be a heavy workload, Tony. I think it's just going to keep him fresh and still the lead dog, get more chances, but you're still going to get that explosiveness from him. So I think that's there. I, mean, I just feel like there's a lot of different, you know, with Turpin and, and Deuce and just other players too, there's more opportunities for players to get the ball and just take off. And uh, so I think it's going to be that. I think those are all really great choices, but I'm going to go with – explosive plays is going to be the biggest difference maker. Nice. Yeah. I mean, in some ways that's connected to team speed, right? I mean, it they're, is, gonna, yeah, they're, they're, yeah. they're a faster team. They play faster. There's going to be more explosives. Yeah. Um, I hope you're right, man, because there's a tremendous amount of evidence out there that, that correlates uh, explosive plays to touchdown scoring drives. Yeah, no. I mean, and for me to be right, I mean, and this kind of, this ties into the question I have for you because I mean, we all know what we want to happen, but I want you to give me your your honest feel for uh, Mr. Tony Pollard, and I want you to forecast what you think is is more likely. We have another either or for you. So, do you think now that he's the lead dog, there's no Elliot? It's all about TP. Do you think we're looking at a monster year for him, or do you see him kind of be limited to that guy that you know he's sort of always been, which is kind of a you know, a tandem back and, uh, and, and mm-hmm. where he's really only good for so many touches because I mean, he's been a career backup for a, a lot of his, you know, I mean, his time of time in, in Memphis too. So where do you, is it, which direction does it go here? I mean, what do we find out about Tony Pollard? And, and, very, and frankly, he, he wasn't the, the, the lead dog in high school even. So he, he's never had that role in, in his uh, football career. Wow, I didn't know that. Um, I think I think I guess my question is: Is it possible to have a low volume monster year? Well, yeah, last year. So I think that you know we, we'll probably see. Let's say that we see a five percent uptick in his in his volume and his production from last year. I mean, I think he'll be as productive. I don't know. I don't know that you want to give him three hundred carries. No, you know, no. I, I think I think you, you limit that. I think you, you get you get just as much from him in two hundred and fifty touches as you will in two hundred and eighty for the most part. So you give him two fifty. Um, I I think that he's the kind of guy who could have the fewest touches of any running back to make the Pro Bowl, but still make the Pro Bowl. Mm-hmm. You know, because he's not he's not gonna make the Pro Bowl thanks to volume. He's gonna make the Pro Bowl because he makes big plays in games that have a lot of eyes on them. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he he needs like one more game every year, like that Minnesota game last year. Like he needs that. He needs like not just just the Minnesota game. He's the Minnesota game and another version of that. And um, he had several that were close, but that that game he was just like you know national spotlight, two huge plays and a couple other really really pretty runs. Uh, he does that a couple times. He'll be a pro bowler. Yeah. Um, I want to go to the other side of the ball now. And this is a question that's been plaguing me for a while. And I'd love to get your input. Uh, once again, I've got another multiple choice for you. You know, I love a multiple choice. Uh, and this is about the defensive line, specifically the interior. So the Cowboys often off season, excuse me, uh, investment in the interior defensive line is going to what? One pay off in spades with fewer explosive runs against and by extension, more sacks, more turnovers, etc. So that's obviously good that they want Two, result in only an incremental improvement and little to no increase in obvious passing situations or three 
We'll see a drop off against the run and visitations from the ghosts of 2020. Yeah. So, I mean, huh, the great question. Um, I, I'm just, I'm going to rule out, I'm doing like a process of elimination here. I'm ruling out three because I don't, I mean, <laughs> I don't see where they go back. You don't even want to think about it. Oh, I don't, I don't even think that, I mean, unless there's, I just can't see a scenario where that happens where they get worse. So I, I, I think that's ruled out. The really quite big question is just how big are my expectations for, you know, the Cowboys defensive line that, that with, um, in the middle. And I, I honestly say I'm going to take a little bit more of the um, tap the brakes uh, approach here. And I'm just going to say result in only an incremental improvement and a little or no increase in passing situation. I think there will be times where it'll be, it'll be rolling and, it's, and the defense is going to really feast and benefit. But I don't have monster expectations. Like you bring in Mozzie and, you know, and Osa and Hankins, and they're just going to be like totally just, you know, change the dynamic of, of this group. Um, so, I mean, I guess I'm a little bit more backing off with my expectations here, but so I'm going to, I'm going to just go with number two. I would also say that I think that, you know, some of what happened last year was that the run game, the run game was so successful for the Cowboys opponents because we had poor run fits and we had linebackers over pursuing and we mm -hmm. had, you know, defensive backs, <clears throat> Trevon Diggs, who didn't want anything mm -hmm. to do with, with contact. And those things haven't changed, you know, like there may be fundamental personnel or schematic things that are beyond the defensive tackles that have been contributing to this. And, uh, and uh, those things haven't necessarily gotten better. We haven't seen that. So I think that they're relying on, you know, drafting one guy and having another big guy there for the whole year uh, to kind of revolutionize the way the defense can, can play. And that may be a little wishful thinking. Yeah, and not only that is the Cowboys have kind of shown us that they're going to go going a little small with some of the you know how they're you know with the, some of their their personnel and, mm -hmm. and to, to where they're a little bit lean and linebacker and at least in size and uh, so we don't know what that could entail either. That just it's one of those things that we just have to fill in the blank, you know, and just wait and see. And uh, but speaking of filling in the blank, uh, I have a fill in the blank question for you. So. Okay. You get to choose, and I hope you don't choose my answer, but you get to choose. I want you to fill in the blank to this. So the Cowboys player who will make their first Pro Bowl will be... Damone Clark. Damone Clark. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. that was a good... I think, I think I, I, he's been an absolute terror. He was completely dominant in the preseason. He's, uh, I think, you know, mentally, he's not hesitating anymore, and he's allowing his, his uh, robust physical gifts... To just you know, be in full flower. He's big. He's rangy. He's fast. He's powerful. He's vicious. I think he's going to have a monster year, and I think he, I think this defense is going to be really really dynamic, and he's going to be right at the middle of it. And I think he'll make the Pro Bowl. That is a great answer. I mean, I love I love the answer. I mean, I also love what it would mean if that was true because I mean he's also playing between arguably the best defensive line and the best secondary in the league. Yes. So, I mean, if, you know, so he's, he's got support on either side so he can just, you know what I mean? He doesn't have to worry about other guys. He can just play. Yeah. No, uh, great answer. I'm not, I, I would not, 
I would not challenge. Did, did I take your answer? You did not. No, I, uh, I, w- I was surprised with that. I'm pleasantly surprised with your answer. I'm for me. I'm just sticking with the guy, you know, that I brought to the dance, and uh, I'm just, I'm, I, I love myself some Terrence Steele, and I think that he was really on the cusp last season, you know, pre-injury, and I just feel like, you know, I, I think he's a really talented player, and I'm, I'm so happy that he's sticking around. But I think this is it. I think this is a year that. Um, Terrence still just shows, puts puts, throws dirt on all the all the talk about, you know, did they make the right decision with LC and, and Terrence? I think obviously we know the answer already, but a Pro Bowl season from this undrafted free agent. So I'm, I'm taking Terrence still. See, I'm the kind of guy who likes to bring a girl to the dance and then try to upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> I leave her there and dance with a hotter girl. Oh, geez, Rams. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Speaking of hot, it's time for some red hot takes. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna both offer our bold predictions. So, do you want to go first? No, actually, I want you to go first. Oh, okay. All right. Um, so these are for season season predictions. Yes, something's gonna happen in season. I think two things. I think the Cowboys are gonna win the NFC East, and I think they are going to be the number one seed in the NFC. Whoo. Uh and I think the Giants are going to be the second team in the NFC. And the reigning NFC champion Eagles are going to struggle and be a lot closer to 500. They may squeak into the playoffs as like one of the very last uh, teams. But I think they're actually going to really, um, really have a, a, a drop off. I think they're, they're not going to enjoy the same kind of success they had last year. Um, and I think the Cowboys are going to, for the first time in years, play in the NFC championship. Oh game. man, that's that's bold right there because I mean that defies odds, you know. And, uh, it defies history. It doesn't defy odds. Odds don't take history into account, my friend. Well, I mean, there's only so many teams that go to the NFC. There's two if if, if you I, I've done the math, only two in, in the conference that go and there's like I don't know. Why not us? Why not us? There's, there, there's only there's only there's only two good teams in the conference, so they should be one of them. Uh, well, you never know because some teams get better than you know are a little better than you expect. And speaking of which, one one of those teams for me, and I, I really haven't, I can't, you know, get myself to actually put rank these guys in order as far as how they think they'll finish. But I just want to say this: I do think that the the addition of Sam Howell, the second year. And the you know the improved play of Sam Howe could end up, and I tell you what, I've I've always thought Washington has, they've had a really good defense, they've had a good football team, and they've been cheated more than anybody uh, with bad quarterback play that just basically completely makes their season useless mm-hmm. right? because mm-hmm. I mean you, that's just what happens when you don't have a good quarterback. And I finally feel like they have someone that's that's better than what they've had in a while. And I feel like this could end up being a difference maker in the sense of they're going to win some games this year. They're going to make make it tough on some teams. So look out for Washington. I, I like I said, I don't know where they're going to finish. I haven't really been able to place it, but I just I feel like um, they're going to be a good team. And I I just think that the division itself, uh, even if I totally agree with you with with Philadelphia, I think that they will slide a little bit. Uh, but I do still think overall that division is going to be brutal. So um, I. I don't know where I have the Cowboys finishing. I, I mean, I'm, I'm a numbers guy, so my prediction is they're going to, you know, lose in the, in the divisional round just because, uh, you know, statistically speaking, that's their destiny. That's where they're going to go. And, you know, 
things don't always go to as you know to the numbers and i'm hoping this is one of those years but that's where i'm at with with the cowboys i you know i i can't i can't uh i can't bump on my head until i don't know i just i just it's not in. Well, listen listen when it when i was uh, asked by someone to predict what would happen in 2020 i said uh 12 and 4 division championship and we know that didn't happen so many things that can go wrong. It's a fool's errand to make predictions about an NFL season in such a in such a violent, brutal game where a key injury derails, you know, the entire operation. Yeah. And so who knows? But I, I think, you know, again, unless there's some sort of catastrophic catastrophic event, I think this is I think this is the best team in the NFC. Yeah, I mean, certainly I like their chances this going into this season, more so than I can remember, uh, but I, I probably said the same thing last year too. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, definitely, this is de- this is a this is a great team. They got a shot just as as as, as good a shot as any of the top teams in my in my opinion. And I don't think there's a lot a lot of great teams in the NFC. Although they will just show themselves eventually, and then we'll be like, oh, you know what? They they they're pretty good. Um, but we'll see. I. I I don't know. Um, anyway, that is all we have for our show today. If you haven't yet, please do subscribe to the Blogging Boys Podcast Network. Leave us a rating, write a review wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, iTunes, or Stitcher. Tell us what you think, anything you would like us to do differently to improve your podcast listening experience. And if you ever want to talk to us about anything at all, any Cowboys Hot Topics, things you're worried about, or what is your favorite food that you can't live without, let us know. Hit me up on Twitter. I'm at DannyPhantom24. And don't forget to check out all the great podcasts with the entire week. Every day we got something new for you. Tomorrow we'll have the World's Team with Meg Murray and Paul Stewart. So make sure to check that out. But that's all we have for today. Thanks for hanging out with us. Hope you have a great weekend. Stay safe. Stay happy. Stay true to the silver and blue. And we will catch you later. Go Cowboys! More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.